I was really nervous before I came, but you guys made it so um, comfortable. You guys were so nice. And it was just like, you know, a regular discussion. I didn't feel like it was an interview or anything like that. So yeah. I felt really good about it. And I used the clips from that interview to actually, I shared it in my Instagram. So it was a way for uh, me to let my uh, like followers and the people that were interested in my book know why I'm writing the book and the inspiration behind it and things like that. So they enjoyed um, listening to those clips as well. Yeah, definitely. And I know which clips you're talking about. And I thought they were awesome clips. Even when I try to think of a clip, I remember that day. It was a lot of such a great, a lot of great quotes. Yes, it was hard to pull a lot of clips. No, and it was definitely a tease, like knowing that this book is coming out and um, finally getting our hands on it. This was the reason why um, our school got books that were about us. So just... Just starting off with the story and seeing the students in my class, especially the students that just came from Yemen, helping me even read the words. Like, um, the, what is that? Uh, <laughs> I was like struggling when I was reading it. And then Mish'al, he's my student. Um, shout out to Mish'al. He's like, you know, and he said it. And he's so happy. Like, I'm saying Arabic words, you know? So it was the start of something very great. So I appreciate it. And you want to mention what you just kind of touched on. And I know you were talking about it beforehand. So like... I remember after the show, you sent an email out, correct? Yes. So yes. What, what inspired you? Like, want to talk so, about them? So, um, April, it was perfect timing. Your book came out, mashallah, like it was just literally like written in a way. So it was playing chess. We're all playing checkers, by the way. Listen, listen. <laughs> so, um, I remember I was telling you, like, this book needs to be in every classroom. And, you know, I was, so basically I was April and it was Arab American Heritage Month. It was Ramadan. It was just like everything in one. And um, I purchased it. I read it to my class. Another teacher seen it. She liked it. And then I'm like, you know what? It's it's April. It's Arab American. That we need to celebrate this. Like, our school is um, almost, what, 80, 75, 80% um, yeah. Arab. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to send out an email. I'll send out some, um, like, resources. And, you know, whoever wants to do it, they can do it. And, who, you know, whoever does and does it. And then after that, um, we had another email that said, okay, we want some books that, you know, reflect our students, that look like our students, to engage um, more reading in the classroom. And then, you know, our superintendent was gladly to help. Another coworker, Naseba Lagabari, uh, um, found the books. She picked all the books or whatever, and then we were able to put some in the classroom. So yeah. it was like, it was, it was so amazing. It was like a domino effect in, in yeah. a positive way, so definitely. And uh, Sada, you know, welcome back since last week. You know, everything yeah, this good? is so cute and surreal. Like, yeah, good for you guys. Yeah, for sure. So um, we want to get in again. Like I said, so last week Tuesday, uh, there was some devastating news, troublesome news. When you know, we all got to our phones and eventually heard about a school shooting that happened, which you know happens way too much. Obviously, more than more than we feel comfortable about, right? Uh, and it happened last week Tuesday, and again, it was in Uvalde, Texas. A school shooting and, and 19 children uh, died during the shooting and two teachers so 21 people all together and we're not here to really talk about you know stuff about what can be done what can be fixed you know because we can sit here and talk about that for hours and, and debate it really I wanted people to hear you know from what teachers perspectives of uh, on this situation and their whole thoughts on it and their their emotions and their feelings towards it and then, you know, of course, Sada, you know, she works with also, um, you know, the community and kind of just sharing her thoughts on the whole situation, too. So maybe, Selwa, if you want to start us off on just kind of like, you know, when you hear that news, like, what is your first thoughts and your first emotions and feelings when you hear something like that? As a teacher, by the way. Of course, it's always shocking. 
but unfortunately not that surprising because of no, the number of times it has happened. Um, it's heartbreaking, it's sad, it's frustrating, um, and as a teacher, it breaks my heart. Not only as a teacher, but as a parent, as a member of society, it really, it's truly heartbreaking. And, you know, as a teacher, I don't think that you, you would ever be prepared for something like this. Yeah, and, and, and I would only assume as a teacher you wouldn't want to even think about preparing for something like this. It's devastating, to say the least. I'm, I'm happy that you mentioned that too because even preparing for something like this, like I feel like now it's like, I mean you deal with first graders, you know, it's weird, like it's awkward to kind of talk to them about it because like they, I think they kind of know about it, you know, but like, you know, it's hard to like get into detail about something like this, right? Yeah, no, um, I don't know about you guys, but like, when I talk about my students, I say my kids, you know what I'm saying? My kids, you know, and uh, our school is going, changing from before when we used to do lockdowns, we used to hide, you know, mm -hmm. to now being uh, more reactive uh, with the Alice training. I don't know all the acronyms yet. I'm still learning myself. But yeah. even when I was teaching the kids, they're like, we're supposed to, you know, throw things at them. We're supposed to, like, you know, they're, like, nervous. And I'm like, to them, this, like, at the end of the day, like, and then especially the part when I was like, Listen, if I got, if I'm with the person or we're, he's on top, don't try to help me run, you know? And they're like, we have to leave you, you know? So it's just these conversations, like, you can never be ready, you know? And just having these conversations, it makes you, like, it makes you feel just like, they're not kids anymore. They can't even be kids. Mm -hmm. They can't even go to school and, and just think about going to school, you know? Just the idea of it. And even with parents, I was talking to a couple of my friends. They were all like, what? My kid's supposed to defend themselves? Like, they're just confused as well you know and then like hearing from the news that the police like all the stuff like do you hear the stuff that you hear like people that are supposed to protect us weren't even there like or you know waited so long and hearing about the girl that smeared her friend's blood on her to act like she's dead just in case the guy came back like just all of that is just out of this world but like you said it's not it's not that uncommon you know what i'm saying i don't know it just makes me feel some type of way yeah, as teachers, I mean, first of all, it's a, just a whole devastating situation uh, for everybody involved. Like, parents feel paranoid now dropping their kids off to schools. You know, teachers feel like they are unsafe in a way because, you know, they are responsible for the kids that are in their building. Um, the kids, obviously, they're the ones that should never feel this kind of feeling, but they probably feel unsafe as well. You know, they feel worried. And um, honestly, we're just in a time right now where it's just a set. It's sad. And like, what can you do in this situation? Um, I personally apologize to my students by saying I'm sorry. I think us adults have failed them. You know, we failed them in every way possible. Like again, without getting into detail, I just think in general, if our kids are not comfortable going to school, you know, first of all, let's look at ourselves in the mirror and ask ourselves what are we doing wrong? Because we as adults, every profession, every line of duty I think we have failed our kids and they are in a situation now where they don't even feel comfortable at the most safest place like you said um, that they should feel it's the safe space especially for a lot of our kids you know sometimes home is not even their safe space you know it's maybe it's in school you know being around friends being around teachers who generally care about you so it's like we're in a tough situation and I just wanted to share our thoughts like as teachers because it's it's, it's a very we're, we're slippery slope with all the problems that, that is going on in the educational system right now, uh, the last thing that people need to worry about is their lives. 
uh, livelihood um, while they are in their workplace. And, uh, and especially because it's at a school. It's like, what's the motive at a school? Like, I get it. I don't, I don't, not, I don't get it. That's justify any violence, but like robberies, okay, you're trying to steal money. You know what I mean? You're trying to get money. You know, you're going into places, grocery stores, you're, if you were trying to steal anything from anywhere, any type of store. But to go into school with that motive, you know, just to kill, just to kill to kill, is heartbreaking. And, and, and you know, if there's one takeaway that probably needs to happen out of this, I think it's the fact that we need to do a better job with, you know, talking to the people that are around us, man, because we never know what they're going through. You know, and you know, this guy was just turned 18, yeah, he's an adult, but let's be real right now. Obviously, he's been going through something for a very long time. And I think we need to do a better job. You know, I definitely think that's where it starts, right? Um, and one way, I think, of getting to somebody is through books, right? Uh, and so, I don't know if anybody else has any final comments on that situation. I just wanted to make sure we addressed it. Praying for them. Talk about it, yeah, and praying for the families, man. Devastating stories. Hearing people talk about it, you know, parents talking about their kids, and it's very sad. It's a very sad situation. I, so I do want to add something. Um, even like as teachers in the higher um, ed, like you know, high school, if you see a quiet student, get to know them. Like you know, even if the kids are not around them, get to know them. Like really take in consideration of what that kid is going through, because maybe they don't have no one else to talk to at home. Maybe they're just like I know it's hard to reach everyone, but. I don't know, focus on the quiet ones. I don't know yeah. what those. <laughs> yeah, I mean I feel like a lot of the times like the football players, the basketball players, the cool kids, like every, like the they funny kids. The yeah, they get all the attention. It's just the ones that you think that are like, you know, just quiet, just sliding through school, like you know, get to know. Yeah. Yeah. Those relationships. Build those relationships yeah. with your students. Get to know them. See what the you know, the, their thoughts, their ideas, yeah. what they're thinking. For sure. That's a good idea. For sure, and, and there's a lot of stuff going on right now in the world, but we're gonna focus on today again. We're gonna talk about favorite books, favorite genres, favorite themes. Way to um, start heavy. Yeah, we had to start off heavy because I didn't want to end it that way. Uh, so, can you tell us every like how has everything been since you published under the Sun Skyline? I've seen you, you know, pushing, you know, advertising, people writing reviews, uh, sharing their pictures and stuff. So a lot of how, community help, um, like. Support too. Community yeah, support. So Kahawa House, Kahawa House looked out, you know, yep. purchasing books and also selling them and pushing the book as well. So you know, how has it been? It's been great. Um, it's really been surreal because this book took me like two years to complete, and then at the end it was just a push of a button and it was available <laughs> to the world. You know, that just gave me goosebumps. Well, I You push a button and then that's it. Everybody has access to it. Um, so it was really surreal and exciting for me. I published it at the end of March, right before Arab American Heritage Month. Um, Purposely. Well, it, I originally intended to publish it in January, but things didn't go as planned. Um, but Do you it know just that turned same? out better. Yeah. You know, it, yes, Did I say friend. it right? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, it just worked out better for me because it was more in demand, right? Um, during Arab American Heritage Month and then Ramadan and Eid. So people really wanted to get their hands on it. Um, it was really, really exciting for me. Uh, it was a lot of work, but I was really, really blessed, 
and I can't stress this enough, like, the because of the amount of support I got from uh, the community, from people all around me, um, people I didn't even know, they were so supportive, like, like when you reach out to people in our community, they really give back and they support and they do whatever they can to help out. We have a lot of um, kind and generous and supportive people. You just need to reach out. I agree, one hundred percent. By the way. So um, thanks, thanks to Mona Abdullah in New York. Um, she was able to get my book into the Lakwana School District. Nice. Um, so she really helped with that. Um, the community leaders in New York were super helpful. They're super supportive. Anything that uplifts, anything that tells our narrative and uplifts our community, they're right on board. So I, I think like a lot of them realize that this book is really important because it does tell our narrative and it does show, it does represent us accurately and positively. So they realize the importance of this, this project. Um, so many of them were so helpful. Like I had people who had like a lot of followers on social media. They would share, they would post, and thanks to them, my book um, was um, exposed to so many different people, so many different audiences, and of course that results in sales. Mm -hmm. um, so at the end it was good. Um, and so, so many people, like, I was really overwhelmed. And Allah was, Allah yeah, alhamdulillah. So it was, I was so appreciative, and I just want to thank each and every single one of them. You know, I don't want to name them because I'm going to forget yeah. mm -hmm. some of them. But some people I knew, some people I didn't, really. You never know, like, you know. So I just want to say how appreciative I am. And I bet that makes you want to, like, do more. Just, do more. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Like, you're just like, okay, what's the next thing I could exactly. do? <laughs> yeah, I'm already thinking of book number two. I bet. Yeah. yeah. But um, I still have to push this more, so I am still uh, reaching out to more people, trying to get newer and more diverse audiences to, you know, experience my book. And so hopefully I'll get to do that in the summer because right now end of the school year is so hectic for teachers, yeah. not yes. a lot of time. So um, hopefully in the summer I'll have more quiet time and more time to spend on kind of promoting it and marketing it. Sure. You know it's, it's what's cool about the universe sometimes too is that it could be even in 20 years this could blow up all over again and be the hottest thing all over again and make triple the sales. That's like true. there's so many things like songs or even different books or different movies that just get trended yeah. after 20, 15, 16 years and they blow up all over again. Yeah, so no, this it's always is definitely out there. It's always out book. there. Yeah. Thank you. It's a timeless Thanks. book and it does make you as Yemeni little you know, woman, I was gonna say girl. Um, it makes you proud. It really does. Definitely of does. our people. And I do want to um, acknowledge Gahwa House. They've been so supportive. Um, again, they realize the power of telling our narrative. And they bought um, a couple hundred books, which they donated to Dearborn Public Schools and different libraries. And um, they will also be carrying the book in their coffee shops. Nice. So, soon. Yeah. Ibrahim was talking about that and mm -hmm. mentioned that to us as well. So. Uh, shout out to them, man. Uh, I really do appreciate. Yeah, I love. I love to see that kind of uh, support. It inspires. And speaking of inspiring, I know you were mentioning that you also inspired someone else in their process. Correct about writing this book. If I'm, if I'm correct. So you never know who you're gonna touch. Yeah. You, who you're gonna impact. 
Um, I wanted to give a shout out to Sarah Adoraes, who's 19 years old, and she's a first-time author of Waiting for You. So what Sarah did was she just followed me on Instagram, and she, she saw how I published my book, so she already had her story, so she decided to publish her own book. And um, this is her book. It's called Waiting for You. You can also follow her on Instagram. I think it's at um, Sarah, at, at I think that's her Instagram account. But this is a really cute book that um, you know I bought just to, you know as a first-time author. Like I was really appreciative of people who bought my book, so I bought it to support her. But she was really cute because she added my name at the end of the book under authors, you know, of, of people who... Um, Help. Yeah, and I really didn't. Yeah. It was just, she said she followed my uh, journey and she Aww. was inspired by me. That's so cute. Um, this was really her work. You can't underestimate the inspiration that you give somebody. So when you, I know you said you maybe didn't actually, but... But maybe she just needed that little push. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know. and that's, She's working on her second book now. And it's Yemeni, right? So yes. we'll give you a round of applause to you and to uh, Sarah Adrais uh, for publishing. This and is beautiful. Representing. And and that's kind of what I meant too. Back to you never know who this is gonna inspire. Mm -hmm. It could be in two generations from now. Yeah. So good for you. Well, I've had students who um, went out, got the book, and some of them came up to me and said, "We want to write our own stories." See. So yeah. There you go. It's That's powerful. how it starts. That's how it starts. Um, that is awesome. Uh, and, and now going into the next question is, you know, why do you feel like it's important for people to read? Maybe I'll start off with you on this one, Abid. Why do you feel like it's important for people to read? Um, reading is a way to escape. Reading is a way for you to learn um, anything. Anything that you want to learn, you can learn from reading. Um, you can tell your story um, and share it through a book which someone would end up reading. Um, you can see different perspectives. You can just, it's just, you can't do anything without reading. You literally can't do anything without reading. So it was everything for me. Sada? Um, with reading, you kind of get to put your own imagination and perspective into light, into, you know, you can shed light onto it. When you, when a book has a movie, a lot of the times they're like, oh, but that's not how it is in the book, or because, and it could be just because of how they took it in perspective. And I think that's really cool to be able to read something and kind of put it in your mind and make it into your own perspective. Why do you feel like it's important for people to read? I think it's important for people to read because books, uh, you can learn so much from books. Yeah. You know, Abid and I were talking about, you know, she said she doesn't like to read about history. And I said, you know, you can, yeah, me too. I think history books are boring, but if you read history through a story, it's uh, interesting. And you kind of learn history unintentionally. So that's why I like, sometimes I do like historical fiction because of that. And I also uh, like historical fiction when, when I choose books for my students, I like to have something, I like to pick something that they're gonna get something out of, not just you know, it's good to have a theme, like a life lesson and everything, but what are they going to learn from this book? Like, what kind of what kind of um, historical facts, what kind of, just anything. You know, when, um, that, now that you said that, even with, with my first graders, whenever I want to teach, like, manners or um, when they blurt out, like, it's not just, I never just tell them, you're not supposed to blurt out, it's not, you know, fair or whatever. I'll grab a book that will help them understand it and the other kids, um, and, you know, 
the character's perspective. Um, the, my, my mouth is a volcano about the kid that can't control his mouth. Or what if everybody did that? That's when they all want to blurt out stuff out loud. You know what I'm saying? Like, you try to find a book that would give them the idea and, and say it in a way that better than what you can explain to them. Even when it comes to teaching them, um, like, phonics. When I realize when, you tell them, when you're telling them it in a story, they'll remember it. So, like, I have this thing where I teach them the I-R, E-R, and you uh, are. You know how they all say er? Yeah. So, I look when I-R and E-R and you are go driving, they all go er, and then <laughs> and they'll remember it because it's a story. You know what I'm saying? Technically, they're not, they're not reading, but, you know, it makes sense. Honestly, learning history through a story, you'll definitely pick it up more than yeah, just facts. Yeah, learning anything, even science topics through stories. Yeah. yeah, it always makes it more interesting. But even yeah. like um, in Under the Sun Skyline, because I was reading it to a group of kids, and um, at the end they were like blurting out information about old Sana, and I was like, oh my gosh, they actually got it. You know, one of them was like, and he was like a third grader, I think. He's sure. like, oh, old Sana is uh, more than two thousand five hundred years old. I'm like, oh, okay. He picked. He picked, he picked it, it up. It yeah. Out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, and obviously reading uh, improves your vocabulary. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, there's a lot of benefits to reading. Obviously you're exercising your brain, right? You know, we exercise our bodies. We want to make sure that our bodies are healthy. Well, in order to make your brain healthy, they say work out, you know, keeping your brain occupied or reading. Reading, reading is, uh, definitely exercises your brain as well. So, you know, those are some definitely some benefits with, that comes with reading. Mm -hmm. So, Sada, you mentioned movies, right? Do you feel like people who just watch the movies of a book, you know, get the same experience of someone that reads a book? You know, I'm happy you started with me. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, this is so growing up, I was a visual learner, okay? So I'm not, <laughs> so I'm not gonna lie to you guys, like, it's really hard, it was always hard for me to like books. Like, I wish I was that type of person. I wish, because, like, I, my friend, like some of my friends that read books are like, oh, my God, please, like, read it. You're like, I just never was that type of person. So, in my opinion, all the Nicholas Sparks movies are great to me. <laughs> I, heard, I heard the books are even better, but to me, they're my favorite. He's my favorite uh, writer, but I never read his books because I watch his movies. And, yeah, so... Listen, I'm gonna go. Se I'm gonna go second on this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have to rebuttal on my my sister Sada. Now, for somebody, by the way, you know, I've written one. I've written a book too, and I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Uh, for the viewers out there that are watching, I definitely am not a book reader either. I'm not. I'm gonna be honest. Like I am. Have you guys tried Audible? Audibles. So you know, I've actually heard a couple of, but I've not. I have not finished an audible from the beginning to the end. So I'm gonna actually mention later on, like with when we talk about books. So I don't say I don't have a favorite, but like I love Milk and Honey. I love poetry books. Like I'll read that. Um, sure. Even, even yeah, or even like um, just like to me, reading doesn't necessarily have to be a book. It could be even lyrics and understanding lyrics of a song, especially when it's meaningful and stuff like that. Like that could tell a story too without a music video. You get what I'm yeah. saying? Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm more into, but. Yeah, so me, me, for me, it's articles. Like I'm very heavy on articles. Yeah, I'm very articles. heavy on reading, and I love reading. It's just books. I'm gonna be honest. Um, when I was going through this list, I was like, yeah, I, I've read books. I just, I'm not a book reader. You know, I think there's a difference. And so, um, I've read books, but like I said, I'm not a huge book reader. I, 
I'm a huge movie person. I am. Um, I, I do like watching movies. Uh, but, you know, in terms of books, I didn't want to put it out there. And so to answer the question is, do you feel like it? That it's the same. I know people say, like, it's a different experience. There's some parts that they miss out. And I, I, I understand that. But I think in general, they're very similar, the book and the, and the movie, for the most part. Uh, but that's just my opinion, obviously. And so instead of asking you that same question, you know, do you feel like the people who just watch the movies uh, get the same experience as someone who read the book? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Team rating. I know that's where she was going to go, so that's why I wanted to go that route. Right. No, because when you read a book, um, you draw all these mental images mm -hmm. in your head of the characters, the setting, everything in the book, and then the movie just comes out and ruins it for you. Yes. <laughs> you know, and a lot of people with like the Twilight Saga mm. too said that, you know, I don't know, I, don't, I didn't read the books or watch those movies, but yeah. I'm just saying so. And they like to switch characters as yeah. well. I do like to watch the movies though. It's not like I don't like movies. I love movies, but I feel like um, reading the book is for me is a better experience uh, than watching the movie. No, that's very impressive. I respect people that read books because there are people out there that read books daily and they finish a book, they're on to the next book. And that's very impressive. I mean, they got patience. Like honestly, sitting there and having to read 24/7 like like I, I don't know. I'm part of this this generation when it comes to the, like just attention span not yeah. being there you know like, I feel like I sometimes I skip I mean I'll have like especially if it's a big book if I feel like this is a boring part I'll skip a couple of pages mm. you okay. know or just I'll just read skim. them really yeah skim so I can get to the good part yeah especially if it's a story Okay. How about you, Ivy? So I would Team like book? to definitely 100%. I would like to thank my brothers growing up for never letting me watch TV because ESPN was always on. <laughs> so, you know, I loved reading. I used to read um, Noah Roberts', Roberts books. I like love books um, all the time. And shout out to Miss Madden for, you know, presenting me those books and having them available for me to like, you know, she'd go to the library and, and get them for me. And it was my way of like watching TV. You know, and it, it was an escape. I used to read a book in a day, literally, because like, yeah. how good it was. I couldn't put it down. But unfortunately, these days I have not had any time to read any books. Now most of my books are uh, self self improvement books. Mm -hmm. um, I know the the one book, uh, the fifty cent book. Um, hold on, I forgot the name of it. Get rich or die trying. No, not get rich or die trying. Hustle harder, hustle smarter. That's the reason why I started pick pick a date, the business. Like, in the book, I can hear him talking to me. Like, I hear 50 Cent's voice. Like, that's what I do. Do you do, you do that? Do you change your voices in your head when you're reading the book? Sure. Like, the characters? <laughs> I, I literally, you guys, like, I'll literally change their, like, I'll, it's so weird. I don't know what it is, but I would hear him talk to me. And the, the biggest thing from him is that, like, he explains, like, he never wastes any time, ever. He never, even when he's having a good time, he's making connections, he's networking, he's, he's building his brand. Like, and what, the biggest thing to me was when he goes to, like, the parties and clubs or whatever, he doesn't drink. Everybody's drinking around him. It's his, it's his uh, drink. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't. He's always on his A game. And, like, just him, you know, always coming up with ideas, like, not being afraid, taking risks. I don't know. It definitely influenced me to start the business. Yeah. But um, the question is, does it relate to um, movies? Okay, no, definitely not. They skip so many parts in the movies. They cannot, yeah. they cannot show everything that's in the book as much as you can, you know, and, and you can imagine it. Twilight Saga, I was so, I was so upset. Harry Potter, so upset, you know. Harry Potter was the first movie that I seen. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's Dumbledore? Like, I did not see him like that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to lie, Harry was pretty close, 
But um, some of the things I'm just like, mm, that's not how I saw the fire. That's not how I imagined them playing Quidditch. Like, it's just a lot of different things that way. But um, you know what story was better as a movie, though? Mulan. To me, like, believe it or not, I just watched it, okay? Because I watched the cartoon a long time ago, but I actually just watched the actual movie, mm-hmm. and it made me cry. That's how good it was, you know? And, and just hearing the story from before about a girl who, you know, um, went to fight when she wasn't supposed to because it wasn't proper for her family, and she, like, um, made her family not, what, like, she just dishonored the family or whatever. But knowing that um, at the end there was another, the, the magical other woman, um, she, they called her a witch because she had also had the the power that Mulan had, and then um, but they they uh, the whole city like you know pushed her out. That's why she became evil. But anyways, long story short, when she saw Mulan, like the whole city was like actually behind Mulan, um, and she was the older generation, and she seen that she like you know felt like wow like times have changed, but it didn't change for me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So first she was angry. That, you know, and then at the end, she actually died for Milan to save Milan's life because she felt like she, at least she'll be able to do it, the thing that I couldn't do. And I don't know why I felt like the older generation, new generation type of thing. But anyways, long story, they depicted that perfectly. <laughs> so sometimes it goes both ways, where the book um, is not as good as the movie or where the movie is not as good as the book. Sorry, I just went on a, a very long tan. No, <laughs> just want to give a quick shout out. Ahlam al Maori just said, Salwa with the heart. And then uh, Noura Riyashi said, hello, Mr. Thabas. So from Hanley International Academy, we want to give a couple shout-outs to our students. But go ahead, Sarah. Uh, for Disney, did the movies come before the books? No, they had... They had no. Well, Disney wrote those stories first, I think. All those so books all, are probably made. So, no, no, the books yeah. were first, yeah. then the movies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Any comments of what was just said, by the way? I agree with... Uh, I agree with everything. I mean, it goes both ways. Yeah. But, yeah. But I, I do, like... Hate it when movies leave parts out and yeah. yeah. I actually wanted to mention too. You know how you were like you hear Fifty Cent's voice. I remember when I was in middle school, my teachers like when I, I love reading something when I can like I know when it's you guys writing it. When I can hear you guys' voice, that's when I know you guys are growing in within writers and actually putting in the effort. So yeah. Yeah. I remember that was a good compliment I felt really good when my teacher told me that. There is a short story we read in uh, middle school. It's called All Summer in a Day. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. I've heard of that. Yeah, I, I even read When I was in middle school, our, you know, we read it in class. And then um, I read it with my students. It's, it's a really nice story by Ray Bradbury. It's a short story. Yeah. So the- I love the story, but then uh, when I showed the movie, it was totally like different. Mm. It wasn't as good as the story at all. Yeah. yeah. Even the kids were disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, honestly, it, it's weird how some people, like, completely change it up or forget or leave out important parts. But, I mean, I, then again, you know, the movie obviously is usually, like, an hour and 30, two hours long. Mm-hmm. Whereas the it's book... It's their discretion. Like, they pick and choose which scenes yeah. are important. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. but yeah. what happened to one? You know? I know. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. So, what is your favorite genres or themes to read? You know, I know, so originally we had genre. We decided to talk about theme as well. My answers are still genre-related. We could do genre and theme and stuff theme, like that. So. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, do you guys have a favorite genre? Do you have a favorite genre to read or in general? Or? I like realistic fiction, and okay. I like historical fiction. I like historical fiction yeah. as well. I like, I'm not into I, fantasy and things like that. Yeah, me either. I'm not really too huge into fantasy. Your <laughs> fantasy? I like 
honestly, I love love stories. So if there's yeah. love in there, I can. Uh, it could be a realistic fiction. It could be fantasy. It could be whatever. If there's a very good love story in there, I'm a hopeless Sorry, romantic. Yeah. Like I love. I love all the princesses. Like I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> it's maybe my childish part of me, but you know. Yeah. How about you? Same. Same, same thing. thing. But you know, I was watching the TikTok the other day, and they were talking about. I wish I knew. I wish I knew which exactly cat in the hat story it was, and they actually explained it as a life lesson. It was about. It was the one where. The um, Lorax. No, it was the one. The Lorax is a good one too. Like cat the hat. Yeah, that two stories are very like huge like life lessons, but there was the one about. Um, they were saying. All the places you can go? No, it's the one where the, the fish is saying somebody came inside the house. And the one fish, fish, two fish? I don't fish know. <laughs> but like, I watched it and they were explaining. I don't know what it was. But they were explaining it as in, um, it was a life lesson. And I'm just like, wow, like, reading it as a child or hearing it as a, when my teacher was reading it, I had no clue I had anything to do with a life lesson. But listening to it now, hearing it now, I'm just like, wow. Well, like I love when I learn something, and just like these podcasts, pod- podcasts. Every podcast I learn something from it, and it's so entertaining. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and everybody share their opinions. Yep. yep. Yes. Okay. So now we are going to get into the second part of the show, where we're going to discuss our favorite books from each theme or genre or whatever it is that we have categorized. So for themes, I have love, hero. I don't know if the hero is a big fan of yours. <laughs> yeah. no, or, but I know she... So, first of all, Seda also brought books here that she loves to have for her students, so she's going to share that with us. So, I have, like, different themes. Love, hero, family, friendship, childhood, and then genres, action, nonfiction, fantasy, fiction, drama, stuff like that. So, we're just going to all talk about maybe different books that we love uh, and then the themes or genres behind them and stuff like that. So, Seda, you want to start us off. What are a couple of books that you have that you give to students... You know, then what's the theme or genre behind it? I'm so excited for this presentation. Yeah, it's about to be, it's like we're students right now, so you're going to have to... I'm going to let you know I might chime in for a couple of them. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you can actually take some of them if you want. Yep. So, um, I, I just recently got this book. It's called My Two Blankets, right? And it's, um, it says, Moving is Hard, Friends Make It Easier. And I wished that I had this book when I first started teaching, because when I first started teaching, I taught newcomers, mm-hmm. new immigrants. So when they came, they um, they didn't have the language, so it was like they went through culture shock because everything was new to them, the culture, the, everything around them, the language. So in the classroom, they would actually be mute mm-hmm. because nothing makes sense to them. Yeah. So they're still processing everything. So I make sure not to call on them because I know they're like shocked and they're still processing everything. Like whatever I'm saying is not making sense to them. Like the words that are coming out of my mouth don't make sense to them. Yeah. So I give them time to kind of process before I start, you know, calling on them in class and things like that. But this book is called My Two Blankets. So it's about um, a girl who moves to a new country and she experiences the same thing, culture shock, um, everything is new to her, so she's kind of holding on to her old blanket. So the blanket is kind of like a metaphor, or it represents what the, her old. One blanket represents her old culture, like where she came and lifestyle. from, and one blanket represents the, the new culture and how she's adapting to it. So in the beginning of the story, the sorry, the her new blanket 
her older blanket is bigger, but then um, as the story goes on and she meets a friend and the friend helps her uh, kind of learn the language and she gets to know her new environment, the bl her new blanket becomes bigger and bigger oh with, every word she, um, with every word she learns. So you see at the end that her new blanket is bigger, but then, you know, at the end, it's like the, both blankets kind of shape who she is. Her mm -hmm. old culture and her new found culture kind of shape her and make her into the person that she is. So I think like this book would have connected with my students back then. And you know, any teacher um, who teaches uh, newcomers, this would be an awesome book to have in the classroom library. Yeah. So I really like enjoyed this book. My two blankets. Uh, what would be the what would be the theme you think? Maybe friendship or uh, moving, friendship, uh, new places. Okay. Yeah, there's there are a lot of themes in there, and so many things that you could do like. I know it's a picture book, but even in middle school with my older kids, I use picture books to teach themes, to teach figurative language, like as introduction. Yeah. Um, and they really, like, we think older kids don't like picture books, but they love, love picture books. books. I still as love picture a, books. Me too. As yeah. an adult, I love picture books. I love reading picture books too. Me too. I love reading them and looking at the pictures. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, the pictures yeah. help you out, right? Yep. It helps you with the understanding. And to be honest with you, it, it makes you kind of look forward to the next page as well you know you, you know that there's about to be a picture coming up on the next page I can't wait to see this picture and for instance your book I'm loving the pictures because it's it's representing the culture and the attire and the food that you have is just gorgeous yeah. it gives I, me goosebumps like in the Miglis Arabi that's yeah. so funny yeah so I made sure like when I spoke with my illustrator like communication is key yeah. but I made sure um, She's not Yemeni American, but uh, she's Arab American, so she connected. She took ownership of this story, like she connected with it, and she really wanted to to do a great job on this. So, like, um, I just showed her a whole bunch of pictures, so she understood old Sana and the the culture and the clothing and everything. So, like, I took great care that she showed everything, like the jewelry, the mesbaha um, and the hair. Exactly. Just, wow. just so you know the Yemeni, yeah, yeah. The exactly. cultural clothing. Yep, the cultural clothing right here, you're right. So like we like we would talk a lot just about what kind of things she should include in the pictures. And just like old Sanaa is so mesmerizing. Like I wanted her to show it during sunset. Like Maghrib time it's beautiful. And then at night, like when the moon is in the sky, that's why I had you know, this is the cover. But yeah, illustrations, they they can make or break a book. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and I see you even have um, Eid Kak right here. This yep. is another book that has great illustrations as well. Yeah. This is um, by Amjad Al Hussein and illustrated by Ahlam Al Muleki. Oh. Both mm -hmm. Yemeni Americans. I know Ahlam Al Muleki. Yep. Yeah. She's family a high school friend as well. Very proud of her. I was I reached out to her too. I was like, Do you still draw for her? But she was like, She doesn't do any commissions anymore. I was like, Man. Because she's she's amazing. She's very as well. talented. Yeah, I follow her on Instagram. She's yeah. Amazing. yeah, her shorts, like her wow. videos and everything. I'm just like, Subhanallah, the detail. Oh, wow. Out of this world. Yeah. No, yeah, she's so talented. But Amjad also, she um, Amjad wrote the first Yemeni um, Yemeni cookbook, right? Cookbook. So um, she's amazing. I actually invited her to speak to our students uh, during Arab American Heritage Month, and she did a super job. She was amazing. That's awesome. I know another book you have here. Is it okay if we go down the list? Yeah. 
Okay, so... I know you want to talk about Yeah, this. I want to talk about this. <laughs> the Arabic quilt by Aya Khalil. Um, she's, Aya is really amazing because um, she's not the first person I sent my manuscript to, but mm. she was one of the people that I sent my manuscript to, and um, she took the time to read it, and she gave me feedback, so I really appreciated oh, that she did that. And um, I, ha- I already had her book, and I, it's a great story. I, you read it, so you know. You probably want to talk. What did you do with it? So it was during Arab, Arab American Heritage Month, and we didn't have these beautiful books in our classrooms yet. And I was like, every single day we're going to read a story um, from an Arabic author. And then I saw this on YouTube, and I'm like, oh, let's, let's listen to it. So when I heard the story, it was so, like, uh, just heartwarming and, and just beautiful, and it really connected with my students, and then they wanted to um, make a quilt. So in the story, basically, it's about a girl who's kind of embarrassed of her culture. Um, I could relate a little bit to it. It's, it was kind of, not to, I hate that I'm saying this, but it's, it's the truth. Um, growing up, I didn't like listening to Arabic music. I didn't like my mom, like, if, if my mom played music going to the school, like, I, w- I would definitely want it to, yeah. I would, like, lower it to it. And the story of the girl, her mom was playing music, and she lowered it when she got to the school. You could understand what yeah. I'm trying to yeah. say, too. I connected to everything in the story. Yes, I was just like, oh my god, that's me, you know? <laughs> like, oh my God, it's so embarrassing. I never wanted to wear cultural clothing. I never, I wanted to act like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a lot of people that looked like me. There was two yeah. other Yemeni at that would wear hijab, that wore hijab in elementary school with me. Yeah. And, um, and then when her mom came to the school and she called her Habibti and the kids were making fun of her, like, like Habit, like, you know, what is that? And she started crying and then the teacher seen that and she was like, you know, what's the matter? And she explained to the teacher, like, what happened? And then the teacher invited her mom the next day or whenever to, te- to write the rest of the kids in the class, like, their name in Arabic and, like, introduce, like, Arabic to them. And then they made a quilt with all their names. And, like, the kids were like, we want to write our name in Arabic. And then... Um, okay, before I even say that, uh, and then I, when once they wrote their names, they put the quilt outside their classroom. And then another classroom that had a Japanese student, they seen it, and then they wrote, they did a quilt with Japanese names. So it was like a whole like you know embracing everybody's How culture. Cute. So cute. And then my kids, they're like, we want to see our name in Arabic, and because you know my my class is pretty um, multicultural compared to the other ones. And yeah, it's on our window. You don't see their names in Arabic. Remember, mm-hmm. remember you were saying? No, that? yeah. He was like, Miss that. What you? What is that? I remember him seeing that, but yeah, so it's on our window, and it's a beautiful quote with everybody's name. So this is this was great, and I know we were talking earlier about, you know, having lessons through from the book, like having it as like the mm-hmm. opener. Yeah, yeah. So well, I can uh, relate. Two things I want to say about this book is it did inspire us for our culture night. We actually had mm. a station where we did um, writing your name in Arabic calligraphy. We had one of the teachers do it. Teachers and students ran that station. So um, that was an inspiration from the story. Also, um, what was I going to say? Oh, oh. So a lesson that you know you could kind of pursue with this book is because at the end of the story, I think the teacher is writing on the board, if I remember correctly, um, like um, words that come from Arabic right? Mm-hmm. Like words that have Arabic origin. And there's so many in the English language. Yes, we have that on in the hallway. Like, uh, oh my God, why am I? Um, I don't know what it's called. I didn't know that. I'm going to send a picture of it and send it to you. And I'm thinking maybe they got it from this. I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, like you could have your students uh, research uh, origin, origins of words, you know, from Arabic or whatever language you want. But you could do so much with this book. It's so... Um, so, it's such yes. a relatable story, especially for the older generation. Yeah. Being in America. It should be in every classroom library, I think. 
Yeah. You guys have a lucky okay. now. Back in the day, we did not have a lot of people that mm-hmm. looked like us. Mm-hmm. You're right. And I connected so much with the story because, like you said, like even when I took lunch to school, I dreaded if my mom made anything. Ethnic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't want anybody to see it because, yeah. I... This, this sounds like a tabletop podcast that we could have uh, in a future reference. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff that we did younger maybe that we were you know like what we were embarrassed about, embarrassed about yeah. that you know now we wouldn't we should be proud of so, traditions yeah. we keep we want to keep hold on we'll yeah it. stuff like that you know but this is awesome uh, i'm loving the books i'm gonna just pause right quick give a shout out to our second sponsor today give to gain give to gain is a non-profit organization that sponsors orphans in yemen 100 percent of all their donations go to the less fortunate uh, largest humanitarian crisis in aid operation. That is Yemen, by the way. It is the largest humanitarian crisis in aid operation. Five million people are at risk of famine. Fifteen million people need water or sanitation support. So if you're looking to donate, their Venmo's at give number two gain. Their Zelle is three one three four four five eight six three eight, and their cash app is the money symbol give to gain. Shout out to Rico. Shout out to everybody over there at the Give to Gain uh, nonprofit organization. With that said. Um, I know we're halfway there. I don't know if you guys have some books that you want to share, and then we can come back to Selwa as well. So, Abir, did you have any books that you wanted to mention and the genres or the themes that um, they, are, they are under? Sure. I'm going to quickly go through mine, okay? Okay, go ahead. By the way, mine, if you realize the theme, it's there's also movies behind them, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I realized that. <laughs> there's, there's movies behind I know, them. I was reading it, I was like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to put up no front, all right? Uh, action and adventure. First of all, I was looking up, you know, I had to I had to Google some. I'm like, man, let me see which ones that I actually seen under this category. Life of Pi. Um, I thought that was a very good one. Um, I thought that was one, I don't know if you guys know this, with the young boy, like, in the middle of the water. And then he has, like, a tiger with him. And then, like, he's kind of just, like, like, he's learning about life while being in the middle of water, you know, being in the middle of, of the ocean. Wait, wait, did, wasn't that mandatory for us to read it? Did we read it? Did you read it in middle school? I, I don't, I don't. I think if we read it, I think we did read it. That's why we watched the movie. Yeah, Life yeah, of Pi, I thought, was a very good story. And, like, you kind of grew, you seen the young boy kind of grow into a man by the end of it all. So it was a great story. The Blind Side, which I thought was an awesome, awesome, uh, I, it was a book, I didn't know there was a book behind it. Um, <laughs> I thought The Blind Side, I was like, yes, no, no, this is other nonfiction. Uh, blind Side is based off a true story. Um, a homeless boy, you know, a family came and picked him up and, you know, took care of him. He ended up being, uh, he ended up being, you know, Division One college player and playing in the NFL. I believe he's still currently in the NFL, Michael Orr. To, based on a true story, so I thought that was awesome. Now, nonfiction books, I love nonfiction books too because you know they're real, yeah. they're real life books. So, Fantasy Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, <laughs> that one I actually read. I actually read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, you know, as a kid, I loved Willy Wonka. I was a huge Willy Wonka guy. Like his candy was kid, A1. Yeah, yeah. His candy was A1. My son is reading that right now. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yep, he no. loves that book. Yes. Well, he has it in class, and he said all the kids fight over the book. There's one copy that they fight over. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Like honestly, when I was a kid, that was for sure. And like I remember, like that was the perfect book when y'all talk about imagining how it was, and then the movie kind of didn't match my thought process. But still, the movie was solid. Um, but the book, like I remember, like man, I, I was scared at some points because like you know, because Charlie's weird, man. 
It was like a weird situation. Like I was like, it was weird stuff. But like you know, now that you grow up, you be like, all right, whatever. Um, uh, fiction Jurassic Park. I think Jurassic Park is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Why you laughing? Why you laughing? Just, I just keep going. <laughs> hey, first of all, Jurassic Park. A one, A one Jurassic Park. I love Jurassic Park. I love everything about Jurassic Park. Um, I love dinosaurs. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I I'm so sorry. Well, man, that's so rude. I'm so sorry. Anyways, and then the drama is. Uh, I'm curious. This is what. This one, I actually, again, read the book, and then ended up watching the movie, and that is Shawshank Redemption, okay? I never heard of that. Shawshank Redemption, you guys need to watch it. It's, uh, first of all, it's a great book and also a great movie. I think the movies and book somewhat matched pretty well. Um, Shawshank Redemption, you know, it, it's really, it's, it's, it's just, you guys gotta watch it for yourself, I think. It's just a great, great story, great, uh, you know, and again, it falls under drama as well. And there's a lot of a lot of deep meaning behind it, and patience is a virtue. If you know what that line is, you know you heard it before. I think that's what that book really entails. That it's all about being patient, and um, you know it's you know it's just it's a good book. It's definitely a good book. So those are my categories, and I'll kind of want to throw that off. But I'd be able to go ahead now. I know you were ready. So most of my books are like children's books, literally. Most of my favorite books, except for the love book, because there's not really a lot of like love children anyways so for love um the twilight saga um i was obsessed with that literally obsessed when i was in i was a senior in high school when it came out and um i was obsessed so wait who, who, whose team were you on edward edward yeah okay. definitely um for a hero uh there's this book called uh captain marvel what makes a hero and basically it's all the girl um heroes all of them but they're not saying like oh i'm a hero because i'm strong or because I fight or whatever. It's I'm a hero because I'm a good person. I'm a hero because I listen to people. I'm a hero because I help, I'm helpful. So it lets the students like know what really makes a hero. You don't have to have superpower powers to you know be a hero. Um, for family, my favorite book like ever since MZ was born was I Love You Stinky Face, and it's basically about a mom and her son. And the son says, "But mom, what if I'm an alligator with this hair and that are you still gonna love me?" And she's like, "Well." I'm just going to stay in the swap next to you, and I'm going to love you, and I'm going to make sure you, like, you know, like, it was just like he always kept telling her, like, what if situations, and she'd, be, and she'd come back with, like, yep, I'll still love you, and I'll still be right there, you know, doing whatever he said that he was. You know what I'm saying? So I, I love that one. That's, like, That's the family one. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. cute. And it's cute because, like, you know, I love you, stinky face. And then for friendship, um, our class is a family uh, is my book that, my intro to the year. I like to pick a book that I kind of, um, want to like gauge my year with in a way and that was my book it was our classroom as a family and um i told them like, we're gonna argue we're not gonna always agree but we're always gonna care about each other we're always gonna you know want to do better for each other and, and help each other out and you know learn together play together all that good stuff so um that's for the family one and then the the French, okay, I'm sorry, that was for friendship, sorry. And then childhood, my favorite childhood book is The Giving Tree by Shel oh, Silverstein. I love that. uh, Wait, that's, yeah. that's my favorite. Yeah. And it just tells you, like, how you evolve as, as a person, you know, and how sometimes you don't, you know, really appreciate what you have and, and what you don't really appreciate, like, when people, when you keep taking and taking and taking and taking. And um, I don't know, it's such a beautiful book. So, 
That's awesome. Sada, did you have any couple more that you wanted to share? Um, thoughts? You gonna be like me right now? Um, well, first off, this is why I should probably read more. I didn't read your question correctly. I thought it was <laughs> one of the genres. Okay. <laughs> but um, like I said before, like I, I, I love I love a good romantic. Anything romantic, I'll read something. Any book in the top of your head? That no, but like that's what I was saying before. Like I have my the books I have. They're all poetry books. I, I was gonna say, Sara, you she can definitely break down Taylor Swift lyrics and explain to you what's the reasoning and, behind and the it. Story, and yeah, <laughs> seriously. And like, and, and even with poetry books, like I love Jane Aiko's Two Fish. I don't know if you guys ever yeah. heard of it too. I just I, I love things that I, I bring I, out I, emotion. I, yes, yeah. Even if it's sad. And, and, and then, you know what's what's the problem too is that I don't think I have the patience. They literally don't have the patience, which is really bad to even watch finish a movie. You know what I'm saying, like. And with, with, with poetry and, and just quotes and stuff like that, like, I'm just reading, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you know. It's short, quick. sweet, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, there you guys go. Uh, so, well, we can now bring that, um, you know, bring the attention back towards you. And uh, any other books? I'm loving these books, by the way. Yeah. This is a very diverse book, book uh, category. so cute. Collection. Collection. Okay. So, another way I like to choose books is our... Um, books that help shatter stereotypes, mm. right? And I wish I had this book uh, growing up. So um, growing up, I would always hear about um, stereotypes of Muslim women, like how uh, we're not contributing to society, we're second-class citizens, we're not permitted to do certain things. And this book kind of breaks down that stereotype, destroys it, because uh, the main character in this book, it's a, it's a true story, by the way, um, is Fatima Al-Fahiri, uh, and she is, uh, the fa- she founded the oldest continually existent operating university in the world, oh. 800 CE. This is like a long time ago. Um, and like Middle Ages. So, you know, it just, it tells her story and how she founded th- this university. Uh, the illustrations are beautiful. And in the end of the story, like at the back of the book, there is, uh, of course, a glossary for the Arabic words. There's a timeline. Um, by the way, the name of the university is Qairawan. Uh, I think that's how to pronounce it in Arabic, Qairawan. Where is it? Morocco. Morocco. And she actually, so she said, I mean, um, she did a lot of research, and she had a lot of help, like from people at Princeton. She she in, uh, interviewed people in Morocco. So she did. There's a lot of research behind this book. Um, so she tells it in a beautiful story. Remember how we talked about you can learn so much uh, through stories. Well, she did a really nice job. And um, one thing that uh, she said is that historians have. This is at the end of the book. It's not part of the story, but she does give us some details about this university. And she said historians have argued that the first Western universities, like the University of Bologna, Oxford, Cambridge, and Harvard, were modeled after Islamic institutions of higher education, especially regarding endowments, scholarships, chairs of departments, and dormitories. So, you know, this is so powerful you know for kids to read a book like this for young girls to read a book like this yeah so you know it's a mirror book for us but it's also a window book for people um, from other communities to truly experience uh, the Muslim and Arab culture 
And this is what books do, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know that fact that she was the first woman, you know, you know, to open up a university. So it's like, I didn't know that. You know, and to I didn't hear know that, that, like, Harvard looked up to, you know, universities, or her, her university for certain things is, like, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So the... Um the, the author is M.O. Yuxil, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, and the illustrator is Maryam Qureshi. So it's a... Why is, why is that name that familiar? Qureshi? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, that that is... Uh, that's a Pakistani name. Oh. Okay. What else you got for us, Selva? And same author uh, in my mosque. So I got this How for cute. my little boy. Yeah. It's really cute. Where, where do you find these books? Well, she's an author, so... Well, yeah, <laughs> no. Online, really. I just search online, and I follow so many different authors, yeah. and they share, and that's how I find my books. Nice. Um, so, this is just um, what it's like in a mosque. You go to a mosque, and it just shows you, you know, what people do in a mosque, oh, what kids oh my God, do the in shoes. a mosque. Yeah, see, everything. Um, you know, how the aunties chit-chat in the mosque. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, right? And, you know, praying in the mosque. And it has, you know, bismillah and things like that. So it's it's really nice. And the illustrations are beautiful. I think the illustrator of this book won some kind of an award. His name is uh, Hatim Ali. Mm. Yeah. So this is... So I picked this book out because... Um, my, you know, my son, you know, I wanted him to read it to, to kind of to encourage him to go to the masjid more mm-hmm. yeah. because he's not really you into know, it. He'd rather be at the park or something. Mm-hmm. This is even good for people that like are just like wonder what happens and in, in you know, yeah. that even non-Muslims that want to just know like what goes down, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, nice. So it just nice. shows the mosque as like a, just a really cozy, like comfortable and family oriented place. You know, and then and everything that's beautiful which it is mm-hmm. yeah it's nothing you know it's nothing scary like sometimes we see in movies and things like that yep. it's a beautiful place of family of worship and things like that and I love the diversity of all the characters as well mm-hmm. in the story yep and that's one thing that they um, stress in this book I think that everybody's welcome the, the, yeah and the diversity in, in, in certain masjids I don't know if you guys pick up on that but our, our mosques are very diverse yeah mm-hmm. Definitely. All right, there we go. That's, that's so far great books. I'm loving each and every one of them. Uh, did you have another yeah, one? Yeah, talk about these. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I think we're we're uh, we're our books are done. Is what I'm trying to say. I mean, it's up to you if you wanted to keep chatting about those or mention any of those How books. How long do we have? Um, whatever you want. It's whatever you want. I mean, you know, the show is usually an hour, but we can definitely go another extra this five, ten minutes. This goes into African-American history. Like I said, I like books that tell a story but teach history at the same time. And because it's like, especially with African-American history and all kinds of history, yeah. you know, we should be learning history so Absolutely. we don't repeat the mistakes of the past. So this is a cute um, book. It's A Sweet Smell of Roses. And there's so much meaning into it. But this book is a tribute to the children of the civil rights movement. Mm. And it's like a poem. It's a, um, very poetic. And so my type of book. Yeah. And uh, sweet. Yep, you would love this one. <laughs> you can have it if you want. <laughs> so a sweet smell of roses. And the smell of roses is actually stands for freedom. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And how there. So these kids, they uh, sneak out of the house and they join a march with 
Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. during the Civil Rights Movement. And it's just beautiful, and I love the illustrations. Does it come from their point of view? Uh, yes. Oh, see, that's beautiful. Yes. I think it's first person, if I remember correctly. I read it a while back. But yeah, it says, A Sweet Smell of Roses is a tribute to the children of the Civil Rights Movement in the 1950s and 60s. So this is so nice to have. And then can you repeat why you feel like it's important to sh make sure that people understand the other cultures? Because Salina, um, you know, is a school probably predominantly Yemeni. Mm -hmm. uh, and you are trying to make sure that they understand different cultures and races. Why? Why is that the case? You, you don't work at Salina, though, right? No, yeah, I work at Salina. Oh, I'm sorry, Woodward. I'm so sorry. I'm yeah, so sorry. My bad. You know, it's, it's important that we learn about other people, especially when you live in a diverse society like in the United States. If we want to live happily and peacefully together, we need to get to know each other. Yes. Yeah. We can't just live in our own isolated boxes. And, um, and in, you know, in middle school lately, we've been talking about social-emotional learning and teaching kids empathy. Um, well, you know, t kids can't have empathy unless they learn about the other. What it's like to walk in other people's shoes, well, read books about other people. Read about their struggles, you know. Under the Sanaa Skyline shows the struggle of the Yemeni people and what they're going through during, you know, through this war. So hopefully people will empathize and, and, and walk in their shoes and know what they're going through. Um, you know, my son in third grade, his teacher um, gave the whole class Sadako. <laughs> it's a short chapter book, but the main character is a, is a Japanese, uh, a little Japanese girl who lives in Japan after World War II, after um, the atomic bombs were dropped on the two cities in Japan. And it was uh, the stories about the aftermath and how people were getting sick from cancer because of the radiation. So as he read that story, um, he learned so much history, stuff that he would never listen to. If I lectured him about World War II, he would never even sit for a second. But in, just reading that book, he was able to learn so much, and he, he felt uh, empathy. He, he was able to see what these people were going through. So, yeah. That's awesome. I'm happy you shared that answer. Uh, I think that's very important too. Um, and I think it's important for us as educators to make sure that we pass that word along and make the messages across. Culture appreciation. Culture appreciation, respecting one another, uh, because you know this is what the real world is. And that's what books do, right? They help you understand the real world as well. You know, you, you want to learn about somebody's culture or somebody's religion, books will do that for you. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot better than reading the internet, right? Yeah, it's a lot yeah, better. Or a lot better than talking to someone, because you know, when when you're writing a book, you take the time to actually make sure that you're expressing yourself in a way that you want it to be out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not just anything. So, and that's another thing is, you know, this is how people did learn about other people beforehand, before the internet, right? We used to read books on one another and um, other than, yeah, so getting to know one another. And it's so important, like, to make sure that the author is the person from that culture. That's why I feel like your book is so powerful because you are Yemeni. It's not someone else telling our story. You know what I'm saying? So I do want to say that too. Well, so do I believe it or not, uh, this is that time. Do you have any final word, final comments? Uh, the time flew by today. I feel like it just yeah. flew by. Yeah. Like we were just like just talking. Yeah. I know, you know? I was like, I hope I brought enough books. <laughs> <laughs> so any final words? I mean, again, first of all, under the Sana'a skyline, she is the author of this amazing book. 
where can people also, you can include this in your answer, where can people purchase it and stuff like that? So, in, on Amazon. Okay. You can just go to Amazon. That's the easiest way to purchase it. If you want to purchase it from me, you can contact me and I can, you know, I can work with you on that. It's also available online through Barnes and Nobles. If you search under the Sana Skyline, you're going to see it on different platforms. Yeah, but it's available Barnes and Nobles online. I'm trying to get it in our local Barnes and Nobles, the one in Ellen Park, but um, I have some work to do before that happens, so wish me luck. Yeah, But one thing I'd like to say is um, support your local authors, whether it's me or other authors. If you want more books that tell our narrative, you you know, people have to support us because um, creating books like these uh, don't only take time and effort, but they t take a lot of funding. It's not, it's not, you know, cheap to find good illustrators, editors, and it's, you know, it's pr pretty pricey. And um, so, you know, people need to um, support local authors who are telling our story. I agree. I agree 100%. Any final words? I mean, big sis. It just feels beautiful to see people that look like me doing well. I was just telling you earlier, um, I seen that Salino had their career day and mostly everyone that came in, doctors, um, teach, whatever, the, basically everything, literally, uh, police officers, um, all different prof professions and they were all like, you know, add up. So it was, that was so beautiful to see. And we're only seeing this because we're not used to seeing this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, for sure. people out there are probably like, oh, why are they only worried about, you know, them? It's because yeah. we're not used to it, yeah. and it's all new to us. So we, we so definitely want to acknowledge it because it's amazing. You know, it makes us feel great. It makes us feel great. Any final words, Sada, that you want to say or mention? This is your copy? Yes. I'm taking it home with me. All right. You can I have it. one. Oh, you have yeah. one? Cool. I can't wait to read it. I'm so I have one. For you. I have mine. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, Somewhere. there you guys go. Uh, this was episode 38 of the Table Talk podcast. You know, we kind of touched on school shootings in the beginning of the show, um, but we also focused on our favorite books, genres, and themes. Uh, again, you can listen to us on Oz Media's YouTube page, watch us on Oz Media's YouTube page, and even listen to us under Apple and Spotify podcast, Oz Media. Uh, you can search up Oz Media under Apple and Spotify podcast. I said what? Thank you. Uh, you know, don't be surprised. We get you again on a show future reference you. you know we are all teachers and there's always something going on in the teacher world so we can always talk about different conversations and you know maybe even have your sister this time join us realistically she's so really sweet. this time yeah, she is yeah she doesn't want to she's my biggest she supporter yeah no she is here and there she's just so sweet she is and and i, w I was really trying to I get her on the show you. yeah but i mean we'll see we'll see inshallah we'll in future she's reference. doing great Shake things too Shake she's definitely to get pharmacist as well. I'll try. Uh, she's a pharmacist. Honestly, like I can't tell you guys how many people she's helped me figure out like like to reach out to really? to do interviews. Like oh. she gave me at least ten people. Beautiful. Ten That's people that I could like reach out she's to. So like, like, even if she's like over here, just for us to meet her. Yeah, she goes obviously anytime. Yeah. yeah. Anytime. So it's always this. Uh, it's like people that reach out and and help. I just feel it's so heartwarming, and you just feel so appreciative. You know. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I did, there's one person I want to give a shout out to because I felt that this person, she was the first person I sent my manuscript to. And because of her, I continued with uh, this process because of her like encouraging feedback. Malaka Garib, she's the author of um, I Was There American Dream. So it's kind of like a graphic novel. 
it's a really fun book to read. She's, Egypt, she's half Egyptian, half Filipino, but she has a new book coming out. If you guys want to follow her on Instagram. But she's really amazing. Um, and her email, like, you know how you, as, as an author, as a new author, you reach out to so many people. Of course, not everybody's going to respond, but yeah. she responded instantly. And her feedback was um, so uplifting and encouraging. Um, I just have to, like, What's her name on Instagram? Malaka Garib, M-A-L-A-K-A. -A -A. And those people... Yeah, just people right? like that are phenomenal. I yeah. mean, people, um, you know, like uh, Zaid Naji in New York, Debbie Al-Muntasar, Muna Abdullah, just so many people. Um, I, I'm going to forget names now. I should. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. now you started. Now I you started. know. <laughs> just so many people that are so, um, you know, giving and yeah. caring and supportive. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And, I, and again, thank you to everybody that always supports. We really do appreciate you. Of course, the sponsors, but people outside, you know, your words can have a very strong impact on somebody. Yeah. So keep being a positive light because you don't know who you're impacting. And honestly, um, I agree with you 100%. We do have a community of great support. As much as we sometimes focus on the negative, Let's be honest right now. We have a lot of positives. Yeah, we got a lot of positives. Yeah, a lot and, of yeah. great people. And, and, and events, yeah. we are learning about them too. Like being able to do this show, we are yeah. slowly, you know, grabbing in a couple of the people that are doing great things in the community. Yeah, I, yeah. I, that's one of my favorite parts about doing this, honestly. Yeah, is learning. And shedding more about, light as well. Yeah. You know? So we hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will uh, see you. I don't know if next week, by the way. I don't know if it's next week, but maybe the following week. Busy, like she said, it's June. End of the school year is tough on teachers, yeah. so I there's a lot on the plate right now. We also but also have Yusuf's graduation. Yeah, we got Yusuf's graduation too. I had somebody booked, a great guest booked, and then I she told me it was graduation, so I had to send that awkward text to them and. <laughs> Say do I got the awkward text, by the way, switching the time. Uh, I appreciate you, by the way, adapting to that, adjusting to that, too. So thank you, and thank you for everybody that watch or will watch. We hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you soon.